It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Green and Black's Organic Chocolate, a selection of ethically sourced flavors combined with a rich cocoa intensity. Welcome back to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. There is a lot of doom and gloom around. You can't help but feel it. And especially if you're in Dublin, uh, it's that feeling that we're going backwards with all of this and more restrictions have been announced. And there's a sense of confusion and definitely a serious amount of COVID-related weariness So with all that swirling around, I'm hoping that today's episode will be an excellent distraction, give you a bit of a laugh as well, uh, give you definitely a lot to think about and provide some pragmatic positivity and empowerment. Because I just had a really fascinating conversation, which I'm going to bring you now, with a woman who has spent years exploring her sexuality, her relationship with her own body, her capacity for sexual pleasure and she wants all of us to do more of that too. I always say this like you are literally an erotic universe waiting to be explored and so with all the kind of fears and all the nervousness and all the anxiousness that you might have like step into that space open yourself to curiosity to exploration and discovery because there is nothing but pleasure there for you. Her name is Jenny Keane and she is a holistic sex educator and an expert in the anatomy of arousal. So whether you've never orgasmed or you it's something that you find difficult or challenging or whether you were looking to learn how to expand your capacity for pleasure, this conversation is going to be of interest. Jenny spoke to me about much more than that, though, about self-love about menstrual cycles, uh, about female ejaculation and about something called our yonis. Some of you will know what that is and some of you will be finding out very soon. We're hoping to talk more about sex on this podcast generally and to bring you conversations with people who can help us explore this really important side of ourselves, which in this country hasn't been something we've spoken necessarily open about. Certainly not the sexual pleasure side of things anyway, but we want to do that. You'll remember I had a chat with Cindy Gallup earlier in lockdown and you can look that up as well if you're if you're looking for more kind of sex positive conversations but for now please enjoy this conversation with yoga teacher and holistic sex educator Jenny Keane. Jenny thank you very much for joining us on the women's podcast. First of all before we get into the meaty stuff is that fair to say before we get into that maybe give us a bit of background um to yourself and where you come from and what your journey to this place has been. Okay. Uh, I'd say, first of all, it's more like juicy than meaty. (laughs) Juicy is a much better word. See, that's why you're the holistic sex expert and I am not. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's so funny. So, well, it's meaty as well, isn't it? (laughs) It's both. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so I'm a Tantra yoga teacher and I'm also a holistic sex educator. And this essentially means, because oftentimes we're like, what does that even mean? You know, and it's, it's very much looking at sex from a holistic point of view, right? So I uh, teach about physiology and anatomy and about how your body functions and um, how to access those functions like a little bit easier as well but I also give people an embodied experience of their sexuality um, and uh, we work on so many different levels through uh, kind of um, self-love and body confidence um, also with trauma and uh, trauma therapies and um, my uh, specialty is much more in um, what I call pleasure therapy <laughs> Um, and some people are like, what is that? And it's like very, it's, if you watch, you know, Patch Adams, it's very easy to explain, right? So, you know, Patch Adams, the way they, um, the way he talks about, you know, like it's all about like adding laughter and life, you know, into medicine um, and adding pleasure, right, into into medicine. And um, this is really what uh, I do in terms of sexuality as well. So that's really kind of like my uh, ethos. It's all about, um, less about moving people away from trauma and more about teaching people how to move towards pleasure because it's not something you know even though we know it right we know like we know we should love ourselves we know we should take the time to care for ourselves we know we should take the time out of our lives to enjoy our lives it's often very difficult right when life gets on top of you and when in this day and age we put such a um an emphasis on you know the i call it achievement addiction right so it's uh, striving uh, you know creating goals striving to attain those goals suddenly we become very task orientated and uh, and you know yourself right you you make the ti- you you have great intentions at the beginning of the day to make time for yourself but then suddenly you push that hour you push that hour you push that hour and then you're in the evening time and you're exhausted and you can't possibly fathom the idea of taking care of yourself um you know and doing any self care practices let alone sexual self-care practices right so this is really about um teaching people uh, what sustainable self-care looks like why sexual self-care is important uh, to all of our lives and um and yeah and we do it like in with a little bit of fun you know a little bit of excitement and a little bit of pleasure on the way and i suppose how i got into this um journey it really started through yoga um and i got uh, i i got i got into yoga for the same reason that almost everybody gets into yoga you know you ask someone why they get into yoga and they'll tell you a story of suffering right um so mine was that i was having uh, i was experiencing stress induced insomnia and uh and and this was like basically just because i didn't feel like there was enough time in the day so i i would be awake and then i got to the point where i just wasn't able to sleep because i was you know so hyper yeah like hyper aroused all of the time and also always trying to get ahead of the next day which was just impossible to do and so um uh I met a woman who owned a yoga studio and she asked me how was I and do you know the way most Irish people they go like oh hey how are you and you go I'm grand you know even though you've got a whole load of shite in your life you know well, you say like fine is a good word and I thought I heard someone say fine actually stands for fucked up insecure neurotic and I can't remember what the e stands for but it's a good one because like fine no everything's fine <laughs> <laughs> maybe erratic is the last one erratic definitely and we'll just we'll let it be erratic fucked up insecure neurotic and erratic yeah or exhausted even yeah exhausted yeah exactly so I mean we all know this but this woman asked me and and I don't know 
I said, I said it was fine. And then she looked at me and she goes like, no, how are you really? And it was like, she penetrated me, you know, and for a moment, and I didn't even know this person. And I just kind of cracked and I was like, I'm awful. You know, I haven't slept in months. And she was like, I, come to my yoga classes on Tuesday. It was like at 8.30 PM. I still remember it, right? It was an hour and a half long. Um, and I went home and I put my head in the pillow. And I remember the as the moment my head touched the pillow, I was asleep and I woke up the next day, almost like I always describe this, like as in waking up, like in a Disney movie, like Snow White, where I'm like, oh, you know, like the birds are singing, the sun is shining in the window, you know? Um, and so for me, I was hooked from that moment because I was like, what is this magic, you know? Um, and uh, I, uh, two years later, I was still in, uh, I was, um, an animator at that moment in time and it was in a very uh very stressed um very stressful environment I was pretty much like at a desk uh 24 hours a day and like working very long hours to complete projects and eventually um I decided to leave and I decided to go traveling so I became a ski instructor that's where I went next and I went to New Zealand and um and it's really funny because the whole way like I have my yoga practice ski instructing in terms of learning to teach skiing is really learning to teach people how to move efficiently so they're not tired right yoga is the same thing you're teaching people the skillful use of energy so you're not exhausted right it's about powering up the body and so um eventually I went into yoga teaching as well on my travels. so um, I was living between New Zealand and California California has a crazy yoga scene much more advanced than um what Ireland had at the time so I was opened up to all these really like they, they'd be very top teachers in the world now in terms of yoga and um, also practices that we wouldn't have had and that are only really just starting to come into Ireland now like bhakti yoga and mantra and tantra as well so I got the first few tastes of it there and then I ended up um, going to Thailand and I was supposed to be there for five weeks ended up staying for five months and then came back to Ireland and realized I only want to be in Asia so I pretty much ended up living in Asia then for about five almost six years um, and I would come home to Ireland and in between that time I would um, I was developing my uh, my my own practice and uh, doing crazy amounts of trainings and uh, with teachers all over the world. And my interest in in terms of the sexual side of things was simply um, because I couldn't find the information myself. So I struggled uh, with my uh, with my period. Basically, um, I had irregular cycles from the time that I started. Um, I had cysts on my ovaries. I was like, you know, I, I was in hospital when I was 16 with cysts on my ovaries. And I was told when I was younger, the only solution was to go on the pill. I also had crazy acne on my face, right? So all I heard was, this is going to help your acne. So I was like, give me the tablets, right? Because uh, you're young and you care about this, right? So I was on the pill for a couple of years. And when I went traveling, I ran out of the pill um, at a certain point in time. And this was my first kind of moment of like whoa something is a little bit um something is a little bit funny here basically like my my taste in men really changed like completely changed 
And like, it was so opposite to what I was used to that it was, I couldn't not see it. Can you tell us what, what you mean? What was your taste in men? And then how did it change when you went off the pill? Yeah, of course. So like when I was on the pill, I was like really into like very muscly men. Like they have to be huge. So I was into the gym. Um, I was going to the gym because this is this is the type of men that I liked. So this is where I met them, right? So they were like, have to be super big. They had to have arms, like huge arms, like huge necks, huge legs. Um, and, uh, I noticed that they were mostly like a lot of like very kind of like meat eaters, like this kind of thing. Right. When I, 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 I'd stopped taking the pill and I was still away. And I remember the, the first time that I fancied someone that was totally different. This guy was like shorter than me, really thin, like, like I would say skinny, right. You know, um, but lean. Right. And, uh, and and just really funny and also then my sense of smell really changed like I couldn't I couldn't be around people who were wearing um synthetic perfume um because it, it would give me headaches instantly I noticed that like my sense of smell in terms of who I was attracted to also was increasing so suddenly I wasn't going for appearance anymore it was much more like you know <laughs> smelling people I don't know <laughs> that sounds give weird. us a sniff <laughs> but it was really like this you know and and at that moment, I was like, whoa, like uh, my whole thing is right. I'm in my like early 20s, mid 20s. And I'm kind of like, oh, my God, like what if I'm on the pill and I end up marrying somebody that like I'm only attracted to because I'm on the pill. And I'm like, I can't take the pill ever again. So this was something very particular for me. And so I stopped taking the pill. But my my menstrual cycle came back with a vengeance. OK, um, like more violent than ever before. I had like an irregular cycle between 39 and 79 days. I never knew when it was coming, except for three days before, I would literally, um, I would have like this explosive fight with somebody very close to me, right? And uh, and I, I would become a monster, okay? And then I would know when that calmed down, it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna bleed in three days. So, and then my, once I bled, it was kind of like, you know, preparing for war almost, right? Because I'm like, oh, I got all the towels ready and all the kind of stuff. I, I ended up like would bleed between um, seven, 10, 14 days sometimes. And like the first couple of days I'd be on the floor, you know, so immobile. And so it was very difficult to live a life like that, right? So I ended up going to a gynecologist. Long story short, I had PCOS, told I was had endometriosis. Um, and that I was uh, infertile. And so when I heard this, I was just like, um, like my world crashed in, right? Because at this point I'm 26, 27 and uh, I'm like, oh, like what? You know, like you don't expect to hear these, these things when you're that young. And the only thing that I said to her before I began uh, working with her was that I don't want to go on the pill. I want to find an alternative, right? And I told her my history. And, the, oh, and I remember he, at the end of all of this, okay, receiving all this news, basically she said, my only option was to go back on the pill. And for me, it was just like, you know, I already felt defeated. Now I just felt like, like ruined, right? Because I was like, God, there's no hope for me. It was like a, feel, a feeling of complete and utter, like feeling inadequate, feeling, um, I'm feeling hopeless, right? So uh, I, because this is the only thing I didn't want, you know? And so I, I went away from that and uh, from, from, from that. And I remember it was, it didn't take me very long. I was sitting in the car 
was crying my eyes out and it was like this lightning bolt like I know this sounds crazy but it was like a lightning bolt shot through my head and literally sparked my uh my womb and I was and I got this thing of like whoa like I actually I can I'm into yoga already right I'm into the kind of mystical and spiritual stuff anyway so it's not unusual for me to have these sensations and I was like whoa I can actually do something about this and so I went full on into into the holistic side I was still working. It's really important to say this. Like I was still also um, working with medical doctors because I really believe, and I really believe this now, that you know your um, <clears throat> your health. We all should really great take greater responsibility for our health, but it should be like a hybrid, right? So not just one or the other. And for me, I was like, right, I've got this issue. I want the best people in the industry, people who are like leading, you know, this stuff, like to work with me. Um, and I want to basically take um information from everybody. So I was into like, you know, Wiccan practices over here, into the energetics of yoga and um, sinking my cycle to the moon, which is a, one of the tantric practices. I was working with um, a gynecologist I was working with a functional nutritionist I was like acupuncturist so the list goes on right so you know a whole um hybrid of medicine and 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 for me it was like taking the bits that worked in my body and making a practice out of that and uh over time it really really worked and one of the biggest practices around this was also connecting to my own sexuality because one of the things that I really felt from this and at that moment was like, I literally heard almost like in my womb, like knocking on the door being like, pay attention to me. Right. And, uh, and all this stuff that was happening, like irregular cycles and um, cramping, bloating, um, acne, then further down the line with cysts and further down the line with um, like these kind of symptoms of endometriosis. All of these things for me was simply a, a my womb saying to me like, hey, like pay attention. Something is out of balance. Like, what do we have to do? So it'll keep escalating, right? This is what I believe. It, it the the symptoms keep escalating until you stop for a moment and go, whoa, okay, what what's my body actually trying to say to me? And and how can I talk back to it? And what does an active conversation look like? And so this is essentially what I. Uh, what I did and and my and and part of that was really recognizing although I loved sex right so I've always been super open when it comes to my my sexuality super open with expressing it I also recognized that there was a sensation of a disconnect where I was um I would I I loved having sex like but I would feel I would I feel numb right my there was a numbness a numb sensation in it and so I needed to be pounded real hard you know in order to feel anything and uh, <laughs> I know Roisin has her has her head in her hands here, but it's true, you know. And 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 <laughs> carry on, carry on. <laughs> but like, and how I engaged in sex with other people was really actually more about the other than myself because I didn't really know myself. And um, even though I was like masturbating, it wasn't a soup like it wasn't a practice that I had. It was just more like uh like it was mostly to be perfectly honest, like when I was feeling super stressed or I had this build of energy in my body and I would masturbate and orgasm. And it was like, let's go. I haven't got time. Quick, 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 quick. And then boom, like an explosion and then a sense of relaxation. So I, and I was using it only for that, you know? And so in terms of expressing my sexuality, when it came to sharing that with other people, it was really more about the other. And, and one of the biggest things was that I always recognized when people were going down on me originally like and they would be um saying like oh tell me what you like my my 
my thing that I always said to them was like, oh, keep doing what you're doing. It's really good. Or like, you know, uh, or just explore yourself. Like, or I like what you're doing. Just keep going. Because for me, I was using them as a way to explore what I liked and what I didn't like. And I couldn't actually tell them, you know? And so this was coming, you know, all of these, you know, revelations were coming all at once, you know, like a kind of a tsunami, you know? So imagine trying to hold all that. So for me, I was really about like, right, who are the best people? Um, and when it came to studying sexuality, um, I, I had, I had looked at all the stuff, like, do I go into universities? Do I like do this? But for me, and I'd always felt this, even in, in my previous education, that the, the best teachers were often already in the industry. And so I basically, um, went to, so I wanted to know more about female ejaculation and the G spot. I was like researching, like, who's the person to go to about this. And so I eventually started to take all these like incredible teachers again, from all different areas. So from, um, Taoist practice to ancient tantric practices to scientists, data analysis, um, uh, a whole host of people, right? Um, and, uh, and I basically started to coagulate all this information in, in my own body and in my own practice. And, uh, and eventually what ended up happening, um, like to fast forward into all this is my cycles uh, went from being, and this is without being on the pill or anything like this, went, uh, from, went from being completely irregular to first of all, becoming uh, regular at 39 days. And so this happened over time, right? And then becoming regular. So now I'm on a regular cycle once a month. Yeah, so the same kind of cycle that other women might have that you, that you hear is a natural regular cycle. I kind of adhere to the subject that like, for me, when my cycle was 39 days, that was my natural regular cycle, right? Um, it went down then to once a month because I ended up sinking it to the moon, um, which sounds a little bit crazy, but it really does uh, work, you know. It doesn't really sound that crazy because, I mean, it's no coincidence, is it, that the moon has a kind of 28 sort of day cycle? Yeah. This is it. Yeah, the moon like follows a 29.5 day cycle. Oh, yeah, sorry, 29.5. That's what I meant. <laughs> I'll just be the stickler there, Oshin. Yeah, go yeah, do, and the tides as well, and all that kind of thing. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Blacks, a rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. Now, listen, I just need to come on to um, a couple of years ago when you began teaching a course called Orgasm to yeah. a small group of people. So this is the juicy and meaty bit that we were talking about earlier. Um so tell us about that. I mean, I, I, I don't know if this was in Ireland or where it was, but I mean, I can't, you know, I think we're all, there's, this, there's a prudishness. I think we're getting more open. But how did you find it? Did you think many people wanted to go and do a course called Orgasm or did some people go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, so I'll tell you what happened. The, the story behind that uh, workshop was I had come home from Thailand in 2016 at this point, and I had come home a little bit early because I was surprising one of my my best friends for her birthday. And, and when I came home um, uh, and sat at the table, they were all looking at me, they were like, okay, like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean, what am I doing? And they were like, like, you look different, like you're radiant. And I was just like, oh, I'm just doing yoga. And they were like, no, you've been doing yoga. You're doing something different now. And so I was like sitting there and I was like, okay, well, I can tell you, but it's going to sound weird. And they were like, okay. And so essentially 
I told them um, what I had been practicing. And uh, this was, you know, the sexual part of the sexual practice of sexual self-care and also um, a practice called yoni massage. And so a yoni is your, it's not just your womb, right? So a yoni is the Sanskrit word for the reproductive organs of a fe- in, in a female, right? So we kind of we call it like you know vagina you know um or womb we don't we don't have a name that encompasses the whole so a yoni literally encompasses the word uh, uterus the um vaginal canal and the vulva okay so it's a word that encompasses all of them so um yoni massage is uh, essentially learning to to massage your yoni and for different reasons right sometimes it's to bring um sensation in if you have a numbness right to bring sensation and to flood um you know nutrient rich oxygenated blood into the area as uh, sometimes it's for pleasure you know um sometimes it's for healing and so there's a whole host of different things but for me in the beginning it was really about mapping my brain to my yoni because you know I remember the first time I, I received a yoni massage I had net she was like massaging my left um vaginal wall and she's like now I'm massaging the left vaginal wall um and I it was the first time that I thought whoa like my yoni has a left side and a right side and one might might feel painful and the other might feel pleasurable so it was like the moment that I really started to connect you know my body uh my my brain to my body um I think some people might be listening going okay hang on a second she had somebody massaging her vagina can you just uh I think you've jumped a bit ahead ahead for all of us even the most outgoing liberal ones so this is what I told my friends right and what they said they were looking at me with these blank faces they were like quizzical you know like is she saying what I think she's saying and so one of them goes wait a minute you paid someone to finger you and I basically was like yes (laughs) she said it better than I did (laughs) so I was like but it's a beautiful sacred practice right now, um, so anyway, basically, I continued on talking about this with them. And when I went home, we were in a WhatsApp group. Every single one of them messaged me individually to say, oh, Jenny, you know, I really loved what you were talking about. Like, I'd actually love to speak to you more about it. Do you think we could talk more? And that was every single one of them at the table messaged me privately. So I messaged the group and I said, because everyone has messaged me privately, I'm going to message you collectively in here. And I was like, not one of you have not messaged me, you know. And so actually... Um, the workshop orgasm was born because of this and so orgasm isn't actually about fingering anybody okay or fingering yourself so we don't stick our fingers in our vagina right at all and this workshop is really about teaching people the the kind of progressive and comprehensive education that we never received right so it's looking at a kind of from a physiological point of view so where are all the bits okay because a lot of the times you know you think you know until you're educated and then you're like whoa I never knew that like I've had women in the group um in the workshops that we've got that have got online since and some of them uh, emailed me and said like I'm 29 years old and I'm only discovering where my clitoris is now you know so it's you don't we can't kind of like uh, jump into these practices without really first understanding our body and you know especially in a time where you know so like so many of us um, have shame over our bodily functions, confusion about our sexual parts, um, and and really shame, like holding so much shame in our body that education. And I really believe this education is this incredible way to kind of, you know, not just kind of like um, 
uh, what, what do I want to say, like whet your appetite in, ter- in terms of your curiosity, but also stimulates your own kind of discovery um, and self-discovery, you know, because it ignites, it ignites something in you to go, I never knew that, like, I wonder what else I didn't know. And so you end up going on this journey, which is very much for you. And I think education is always the starting point of that. So orgasm was this, this kind of small kind of group, which, um, I only had uh, 16 spaces because we were in person at the time. The first time I did it, there was 12 people in the workshop. The next year that I came home from Thailand, there was it sold out within two hours because people had started to speak at this point. The next time I did it, it grew again. And then the next time I did it, it was actually an online workshop because COVID happened, right? And uh, and since then, I've had over uh, over 3,000, nearly 3,000 women in the workshop. And that's just this summer, right? Um, so it's incredible. There's a huge appetite uh, for this knowledge and curiosity. Um, and I think uh, the way that I explain it, like, you know, so like I had this really, there's this funny thing, like people are like, oh my God, what am I doing? What's going to happen? Is she going to be fingering herself with her pants off, you know? And it's not about that at all. It's really like this beautiful um, two hour experience where it's, you know, I'm a, it's essentially a seminar, you know, I'm speaking the way that I'm speaking to you right now and, uh, and, and giving you like basically basically the foundations, everything you need to know um, to, to get to know your body more, but then to also how to access um, uh, access greater levels of um, and potential of pleasure in your body, you know? Mm. Um, you describe it as the sex education we never had. I mean, uh, it's one of the things that distresses me about this country and about sort of the the influence of the Catholic Church over decades that we don't have proper sex education because we don't teach people about sexual joy or pleasure. And the sex education that we do get is very sort of grim and negative. And uh, we don't learn about yonis or about how women, how women can be empowered to express themselves sexually and all those things. The things that you were talking about, 21 days of Tantra, period power, orgasm online for him and for her, 30 days to orgasm come together interesting uh, and tantra yoga online so you're doing all of these things um are you finding that uh yeah like you just said there's an appetite for it do you do you feel like that you're kind of almost tapping into something that people didn't know they needed it, that, it feels like that a bit that when you spoke to those women at that dinner they kind of it, it they responded almost physically and and wanted to reach out to you they needed to hear what you were saying it feels like there's a whole untapped thing but I kind of worry if we tap into it, what's going to happen? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of women could tap into things and then where will we be? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is so fun. There's a couple of things in, in what you're saying, you know. Um, the first thing that I would say is, is that, uh, yes, like, unfortunately, the education that we received um, in school is not up. And, and even the education that we're receiving, right, that, that they're, that, that the children are receiving right now is not um it's not something that would inspire you towards pleasure right so in school we're very much taught about the the risk factor of of sex um and like the infections like the horrors that are awaiting us you know i don't know about you but like i mean i was uh, my sex education was um presented by a nun um in my secondary school and like it was really like a horror show like i still like get like a like I still see the images of this um, kind of she rolled in the TV you know I still remember on the VCR and everything like this so it's a little bit different now maybe but like there was like a I remember there was like a camera that was inserted into like you know basically like 
a man's penis. And I'm thinking, Jesus, that's so, that must be so painful. And then you're looking at seminal fluid coming past and everything. And it's like, I remember just being like, oh my God, there's a camera in a man's penis. Like, and I'm like almost vomiting with this. So it's, and it's very much about like, geez, the risk factor. Like this, these are the infections that you can get. Like they're really easily passed on. You can get pregnant. And I find it very interesting that we're always taught about like the risk factor of getting pregnant when we're young. But then you come a couple of years later, right? 10 years later, I, I had a friend who um, fell pregnant when she was, who became pregnant when she was uh, 27. And both of us, like she told me when she was uh, a couple of weeks and she's like, what do I do now? And it's like, it's insane that we don't know what to do when we're pregnant, you know, and that we have to start looking for information at this moment in time. Like, why isn't that taught in schools? And it's really about changing our perception in um in it's not it's not the same case everywhere right in different parts of the world like in the netherlands they have what's called um uh, a week of love so the same way we'd have like sports week in schools right they have a week of love where they teach um they they teach the children like about the ple- like not just the risk factor of sex like but also the pleasure of sex that's a way in them they teach them about consent they teach them about their own bodies you know and uh, and it's really this kind of like again like this whole this whole kind of practice and this whole education around our sexuality um, and and it's beautiful because when you learn to engage with yourself in in this regard like even for example for for girls like you pick up, you know, and um, like we think that, you know, uh, that we don't have to talk to our kids about sex or we can talk and, and talk the bare minimum, right? But our kids are picking up information about sex all of the time, like from, um, you know, we're, we're being advertised really regularly, like, and it's very subtle, like around our, like for our sexuality, um, porn is so readily available. There's studies done where I think it was in 2014, they said the average age um, of uh, children who learning about sex was uh, nine years old and now more recently um, it's six years old so people think they don't they, that the sex the conversation about sex um, can wait but in fact it can't and it, it can't wait because if you don't learn how to speak to your children about sex you are not in control of the information that they receive. And so they end up going to um, sites like porn sites, like because they will go there, you know? Um, and so porn is teaching them about uh, their sexuality. They're, they're, girls are learning that, you know, your body has to look a very particular way and um, that you are essentially, that your your yoni, you know, is, is for someone else's pleasure at the end game. And, and think about the type of images that we see when we think about porn, right? It's like hard, you know, pound, Pounding, um, pounding penetration like who's actually experiencing pleasure in that you know when you're you know what's how is it actually connected there and you're also learning as well that boys are learning that they have to have like rock hard erections that if they don't have that that there's something wrong with them that, that in fact they have a dysfunction and, and I don't so much believe in erectile dysfunction more as teaching you know boys and men about you know different ways to penetrate so soft penis penetration is exact or soft cock penetration you know this is also a part of um educating people about this so it broadens their scope so they understand that it's not just this one kind of tunnel vision around this is what sex should be but that sex is a, an expression of intimately connecting to and connecting to yourself right and then learning 
it, how to share the pleasure and the gifts of that connection with somebody else. And, um, and when sex is, is moving less from the risk factor and more into pleasure, um, you're actually teaching people uh, about their sexuality in a sexuality in a way that is empowered, right? Um, so it's a big thing around what we're talking about with regards to sex. And then when you when you mention about like what happens when we learn about this, you know, you're saying like, is it not going to be like, what happens then? You know, and some of us think like, oh my God, is it going to be dangerous? You know, like how dangerous is it? Is it, is it to feel pleasure? Pleasure is this incredible, um, you know, uh, vital force and it's necessary for our health. Um, and, and that's necessary for men and women, right? For all people, all genders, all ages. When when pleasure is in our body, our body can't be ill. You know, our 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 system functions better with pleasure in it. And so um, and so, what happens? What does it look like? I mean, only you only you know that once you go through it. But for me, what it, what it looked like in my life is that it looked like I was. Um, more connected to myself, um, that I understood that when I was stressed out and feeling anxious, because I still feel this, right? I, I practice yoga, I teach yoga, I'm in this kind of world. And it's like, you know, a lot of the times people just go like, oh, hmm, like, you know, everybody breathe out and relax, you know, feel the relaxation. It's not always like that because we're living in the real world as well. So I know that when my, when my body is under stress and under tension and feeling anxious, I know what I need to do in order to talk to my body to, and talk to my mind to say, hey, how do we, how do we come back, you know, um, to this place where we are in balance, um, at ease and, uh, and living like a stress-free life, you know? So it's this constant movement. It also looks like uh, that my life became much more, and I, I don't like to use this word um, because it's so overused, I think, um, and sometimes it seems very repetitive, but empowered. So empowered by um, the ability to kind of uphold my boundaries. And this is not just in terms of my sex, right? So not just saying like, right, you know, do I want to have sex with you? Do I not want to have sex with you? So not, it's not just about obligatory sex. It's about really not, and not just sex in general, but also looking at, okay, well, what are my boundaries in work? What are my boundaries in my personal life? What are my boundaries with my friends? Because oftentimes we've got all these things pulling out of us. And when you're in connection with your own self, you know what you have to give and you know what you don't, you know? And so for me, this is all around, you know, we talk about sexual self-care. It's also about, um, self-love and really where you know I think in this day and age um the kind of internet with its like river of voices can be very similar to a black hole where words like self-love and self-care can become very um very quickly begin to feel superficial right in terms of just surface area um or um immensely repetitive and and what my idea of self-love is my idea of self-care is is understanding that you know I've been, you know, um, given uh, this body to take care of, you know, and that, that self-love and self-care is actually learning how to be in conversation with this body and saying, like, what do you need? Like, are you OK here? 
Um, is there something that I can do for you? And so it looks like learning how to become a really good friend to yourself. And, and, and in that space, you know, then you know how to give out, you know, to give yourself um, to the world, to your community, um, to your family, to your loved ones in a way that really comes from a place of your own power, you know, and your own strength. I suppose, I mean, I didn't mean to, uh, to say it would be dangerous, but I think it is revolutionary because I think if we're all in that space, I do think what you said is true, then we're connecting with everything in a much more positive way in a much more authentic way and that can be quite revolutionary um before we wrap up i just want to say why why when you have really bad period cramps and then you masturbate and have an orgasm does it feel better is there a physiological reason for that yep oh, well there's a couple of reasons so in terms of your in terms of um energy so let's say like at a physiological level right when you have an orgasm or any kind of pleasurable experience so it actually doesn't need to be an orgasm so it's like 30 seconds of fun okay this could look like jumping up and down or dancing right after just 30 seconds, like blood begins to pump through your body. Nitric oxide is released, right? And this starts to release a couple of different things in the body. So you've got um, beta endorphins, which is like reducing pain, right? So it's like helping to reduce pain in the body. And you also have prolactin, which is the connecting hormone, okay? Then you're flooded with these um, kind of the love hormone, which is known as oxytocin, okay? Um, and so you've got all these kind of like physiological and chemical responses that are happening, which basically make you feel good, make you feel connected, right? On uh, an energetic level, in terms of orgasmic energy, this is helping to move um, stagnant energy. So you could look at a cramp as energy that has become locked and stuck in one place, right? So when you have an orgasm, orgasm is moving energy through the body. And so that helps. And an orgasm, think about it, it's like an explosion, right? So in, in terms of a, any, anywhere that's blocked, if it's stagnant, that orgasmic explosive energy is going to boom burst through, right? And so that's helping to alleviate the pain, alleviate the tension and also help you feel a little bit better it's amazing like it's it's um, better than Feminax isn't it masturbating when you have really bad period programs yeah. also as well like touch you know like like touching yourself like and really squeezing the body as well because you're giving the body the same thing as happening oxytocin is being produced in your body um so even giving yourself a squeeze if no one else is around you know so these are really good practices so listen before you go tell us what you have coming up because you've a load of different workshops how can people get involved if people are listening like your friends were at the dinner table and going oh my God, I need to know more. What should they do and where should they go? Okay, well, well thank you so much for acceleration. That's great. Um, and just to say, uh, yeah, so how you would find me is on Instagram. So everything is on Instagram at the moment. Um, I have a website being built in the background, but at the moment, everything is on Instagram. And I have a couple of workshops. So one is called Period Power. Um, and this is really understanding your, uh, understanding your menstrual cycle. Um, on all different levels so you've got the physiological level you've got the um uh the emotional and mental level the spiritual level even as well is there we talk about the moon and all that as well um and uh then i have orgasm online for her which is really again as we said learning about um your body the pleasures of your body accessing the gateways to pleasure in your body what they look like where are they how do you access more of them but if you are a bit prudish there will be no pants removed just to say that no pants removed it's just like I'm speaking to you you know like I'm in like I'm in your sitting room you know and we're at the dinner table you know it's all very it's all very weird it's just in case anyone's scared it's very civilized yeah okay yeah civilized but juicy (laughs) 
and definitely, I, I always tell like loads of stories as well and they're generally very funny so it's like um it's always a little bit of a laugh as well and then orgasm online for him is the exact same thing but for me, for uh, someone in a male body okay with male reproductive organs um and this is really about men understanding their pleasure um we also talk about things like uh sex and stress um erectile dysfunction um which you know i, I kind of break that down in different ways and again it's just you know rewiring your brain um, and then come together is uh almost like consider it like a date night right so you know your partner has gone to orgasm online for him you've gone to orgasm online for her or maybe you're in the same sex like whatever sex as it is like you know you're both going to him you're both going to her whatever your sexuality is and then come together as a way to bring all that information in. and it's kind of like think about it as like a really like sexy fun juicy uh, date night and I teach you practices connecting practices and um, again there's no sex in this like I won't be having sex with my partner okay um it's just about basically coaching people through because oftentimes I think people yearn and seek for this like kind of intimacy and connection but don't actually know how to have it and even if you're to read a book right I know this from my own experience read a book or go to a practice it's really nice to have someone guide you because oftentimes there's a lot of there is a fear that comes up because we do see sex as dangerous in some ways because think about you know catholic church and the sin you know uh, we have this programming in us and so to have someone who's talking you through and um, the practices together you know it just helps to where you're both meeting on the same level so um, that's what's coming up and then the tantra yoga and um, for me you know when it comes to our sexuality I can't separate this from from tantra and um, tantra yoga is often viewed as just sex you know but actually it's so so much more than that and so when you add in a tantric yoga practice it helps you to connect with your body that little bit more connect with the way energy moves and um, so that you can control it and then you can this only adds to your pleasure in kind of sexual practices then okay so you're we're in a partnership now does this uh enhance that partnership yes <laughs> definitely but also as well it really allows us like we're very open with how we communicate like just because it's so funny so it's like um uh sometimes like he calls me like the queen of sex you know or orgasm queen or something like this but so but there are times where I don't feel sexual right um like when COVID first hit um like I was like like everybody else thrown out of whack like I had so much stress you know so much uncertainty so much fear and um my sexual desire plummeted uh, and this is normal so for me it's about you know even when that's happening in a body it's learning how do I develop the skills to communicate this with somebody else so that instead of saying hey I can't engage in penetrative sex right now but what I what I want would love is a breast massage um, and sometimes simply uh, expressing those things like that and, and being heard and met on the other side you know it might start off as a breast massage or it might start up with a hand massage and then suddenly that allows kind of an arousal to begin to open and bloom through the body and desire to bloom through the body and it can lead to penetrative sex but it's very much about like you know basically learning um how to express yourself like this you know so tell us your instagram so everyone can have a look uh it's at hello Jenny Keen. Hello Jenny Keen. Um, well, I'm going to say goodbye, Jenny Keen, now. But it's been absolutely brilliant speaking to you. Um, people can't see you, but like I have to tell you, Jenny is like glowing. She is this. She is this radiant creature. She looks very. I mean, she's a great advertisement for everything she's talking about. So I really am. Um, I have to say, I'm very intrigued. I will be investigating further myself. Um, we're hoping to talk more about sex on the podcast because. 
again, it's something we often talk about in terms of um, issues, you know, issues that are quite serious and and not maybe enough about the pleasure side and the positive side. Um, and I think that's where we all need to be. So um, people will get in touch with you. And if anyone wants to email us, the women's podcast at irishtimes.com, um, if you want to get in touch and find out more as well, we can send you some information. Uh, so thank you very much, Jenny. Any final words about um, our yonis or anything else? <laughs> No, no final. I think I said it, almost everything. I think you <laughs> Just did. Enjoy it. <laughs> okay. You know, well. I always say this: like you are literally an you are an erotic universe waiting to be explored. And so, with all the kind of fears and all the nervousness and all the anxiousness that you might have, um, you know, ha- like step into that space, open yourself to curiosity, to exploration and discovery, because it, there is nothing but pleasure there for you. <laughs> That is beautiful. Okay, um, lovely to talk to you. I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to have you back on again to talk more about this. We might have to give you a regular monthly go or something like that. Every 28 days in, in tune with the moon or something like that. Oh, brilliant, yeah. <laughs> okay, take care of yourself, Jenny. See you now. Bye. Thanks so much, Roisin. Thanks so much to Jenny Keane and you can find her on Instagram to get details of all those workshops. She's at Hello Jenny Keane and if you want to get in touch with us, we're at IT Women's Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and our email is thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. I will definitely be checking out some of uh, Jenny's workshops anyway, that's for sure. Uh, But that's all we have time for on the podcast. It's produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves, love yourselves, and I'll talk to you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.